an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. This episode is brought to you by The Complete Keto Diet. Have a think about this for a second. How long will it take you to reach your health goals? Is it four weeks? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Maybe you don't need to lose weight, but you're struggling with the whole lifestyle thing that everyone keeps talking about. Who is going to be around long enough or be committed enough to you to help you achieve your health goals? That answer is me. I created the Complete Keto Diet specifically to help 10,000 people achieve their health goals over the next five years. That means I'm there for you in the beginning, through the plateaus, and the maintenance of your journey towards better health. But why 10,000 people? Well, simply put, I want to bring you the most actionable and realistic ways to get your health right using the ketogenic diet. But I also want to make sure that everyone succeeds and nobody gets left behind. Your name is very important to me. So how does it all work? Well, this is done with a ketogenic meal plan that is sent to your inbox every single week. You might have seen some of my YouTube meal plan videos on creating simple ketogenic meal plans, which are getting very close now to a million views alone. The advantage of my meal plans over others is that you are given simple recipes with simple ingredients with a great variety of food. You won't be eating the same meal every day, and best of all, I include substitutions for dairy-free, nut-free, and other types of allergens. Plus, all of the ratios are calculated for you. You'll be saving money with shopping lists that only include the items that you actually need. Not only does it come with weekly meal plans, but we do a weekly coaching session with everyone so that you can get your answers solved right away. You also get exclusive tools and resources, exclusive deals on all your favorite keto-friendly products that will probably save you more money than you think, plus a community of people to help you always succeed and keep you accountable every single step of the way. Sustainability is the key to long-term success with the ketogenic diet. I am not here to help you drop as much weight as possible in a three-month period. I am here for life. If you think this is what you've been looking for, I offer a seven-day free trial for anyone who is looking to see if it's the right fit for them. I offer steep discounts for six-month and yearly memberships that include one-on-one sessions with me as well, so you'll always have the answers. Head on over to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to receive 15% off the membership. Oh, and did I mention that everything is in Australian dollars? Hurrah! Go to 
completeketodiet.com and enter the code podcast to start moving towards your health goals today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we are here with Keto Copy, Emily. Emily, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries. Look, it's uh, I, I think I found you on Instagram a little while ago. I'm not really sure why I wasn't, why I wasn't following you for so long, but but you uh, have a lot of great photos over on on your Instagram. You've got I can see there's a there's like a keto cinnamon bread with with lines and stuff through it. Like you have some pretty <laughs> delicious looking food on your Instagram. Um, can you can you sort of tell us uh, how you went from uh, having a catering business? and then right through to what you do on Instagram now? Sure. Um, so I always, I think I have always been very creative. I like to make things. And so I've always had jobs where I could be very creative. I was a tutor for a very, very long time and started, because I wasn't making tons of money, started making cookies as gifts for birthdays and parties and Christmas especially. Mm. And, um, it was always a hobby and it turned into a business just purely through, um, word of mouth. People started saying, I will pay you to make me cookies. So that turned into my full-time job <laughs> and people would always ask me if, uh, I ate a lot of my own, um, creations and I didn't because it was just sort of like overwhelming. I was always uh, like surrounded by it, right. but, um, yeah. Um, so I didn't, that wasn't my big issue, but, um, <laughs> I had always struggled with my weight and about two and a half years ago now, I decided to start eating low carb just to try to lose some weight. And in the process of looking up low carb recipes and low carb groups to follow, I heard about keto for the first time and once I really understood the concept of um, really trying to make sure that you were getting in healthy fats, it was the very first time that I'd ever sort of emphasized fat in my diet. My relationship with food changed completely. I went from someone who thought about food all the time and um, overate constantly and sometimes binged to someone who had a ton of um, control over what I wanted to eat. And so I would say about 30 days into eating a ketogenic diet, I was convinced that this was the way that my body was built um, to run. And I started concentrating, really paying attention to all the other benefits besides just weight loss, mm -hmm. um, like more energy, um, better moods, better sleep, everything, less aches and pains. I mean, I was almost 300 pounds. And so I'm not sure how much of my aches and pains were just being a woman walking around carrying 300 pounds, but pretty much every area of my life improved and I was a complete convert. Well, wow, that's, that's such a great story because, um, you know, for the first couple of days or maybe some, for some people, the first two weeks, the ketogenic diet can actually be really terrifying. <laughs> and, uh, yes. you know, you have all of these things that are going on and you get these headaches and whatnot. And then you come out the other side. And, and so after the 30 days, when you first went keto, as opposed to just being low carb, was there any of that sort of thing that happened for you? And then what made it, uh, really concrete for you to say, okay, the ketogenic diet's really going to help me, 
uh, move towards my goals. Was there any like light bulb switch after that certain period of time where you were like, okay, yep, this is, this is for me. <laughs> this is it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think I am one of the lucky ones that I don't really, um, when I have broken keto and then had to get back on it, I definitely feel off for a few days, a little bit achy, a little bit headachy, um, just off, I would describe it. And I have heard some real horror stories of people being just really sick. So I, I never really had that. I definitely felt off for a few days, but the first thing I really noticed was just lack of hunger. I wasn't having intrusive food thoughts throughout the day. And that was honestly the first time in my life that I had really felt that I was in control versus the food sort of talking to me all day. So that was definitely the one, the concrete thing that I just thought, wow, this is magic. This was how I was supposed to eat. That's uh, it's, it's so incredible to hear that because um, you know, for a lot of people, they may not get into complete fat burning. Um, and they sort of, you know, back off and they say, Oh, okay. No, the ketogenic diet's not for me. But in actual fact, you, you just quite, you just kind of didn't get there. <laughs> and so, um, yes. you know, getting into a ketogenic state, as you said, you, you get into that point where you no longer feel hungry. You no longer have food controlling your every minute of every single hour of every single day, which is fantastic. And, and so, so far you've lost 108 pounds on the ketogenic yes. diet, which is, which is crazy. That's congratulations. First of all, thank you. Um, it's a, that is a big, big journey to go through and, um, and come out the other side. And I guess, you know, it's, it's always going to be there. Um, because being in maintenance is, is quite possibly just as difficult as well. Right. Is, is there, right. is there something that, um, you know, cause you've had such a big journey throughout, uh, throughout the t- past two years, was it? Yeah, about yeah. it's so it's been two and a half years, but I did take a six month break. I talk about that um <clears throat> a lot in my Instagram because it was important to me to realize when I took that break that a one week break turns into a one month break, which turns into mm-hmm. six months, and I regained yeah. thirty pounds. So it really, really reinforced people talk about failures a lot as a bad thing. And sometimes I think that it is that six months was the best lesson for me. This wasn't a fad. This wasn't just a way to lose the weight. I felt better when I ate a ketogenic diet. I was steadily losing the weight, getting down to a healthy weight. And that this isn't just a phase that this is going to be a lifestyle for me. So I look at that six months as a real gift almost. I mean, it was awful when I went back on and realized that I had gained 30 pounds, but it wasn't a people. So people ask me all the time, how long did it take you to lose the weight? And that's why I also always include that six months. Because if I tell somebody that it took me two and a half years to lose a hundred pounds, that might be really discouraging to some people. Right. Mm. So when I say, okay, take six months out of that and then add the 30 pounds that I lost again. And I basically, it took me a year, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And that seems a little bit more encouraging, correct? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it must be so difficult to stare down the edge of a barrel um, and, and say, I've got two years to, to get to where I want to be. What would you say to people, you know, because you have been through this journey and, and you've come out the other side and you have, uh, you know, you've been able to turn your failures into successes as you were talking about before. What would you say to someone, um, if they were just 
just starting or um you know if if they've also got a hundred pounds to lose what were what were some of the successes along the way that really drove it home for you to say this is the right thing for me sure so i I have done a lot of reflecting in the last month or two on things that worked for me in the beginning that don't work for me now and vice versa. Mm. I think that it is really, really easy to listen to everyone who says you can't pay attention to this and you have to realize that it's going to be a long-term process and you can't be discouraged if you, you know, if you gain a little bit and you can't be discouraged um, if you stall and all of that, all of that encouragement is really, really almost meaningless when you are starting and all you mm-hmm. have is in front of you is how much you still have to lose instead of how much you've lost. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you think, wow, I've lost 50 pounds. I have 50 pounds to, to go, but I know I can do it because I've lost 50 pounds. So if you're in a place where you're really discouraged or you're just starting, all of those sort of encouragements, you know, you can't worry about that. I mean, it really almost doesn't, it's just not helpful. So what I would say to everyone is really, really pay attention. I always say on my Instagram, celebrate everything, every little success. You got through a day and you held keto and you were tempted by 10 things and you got through, that is a really successful day. Pay attention if weighing every day is helpful or not. Keep, just really, really pay attention to your um, your successes and the kind of things that keep you going. Um, if you like in the beginning of my journey, for example, I couldn't weigh myself every day because the little ups and downs really, really got to me and it was really discouraging. And now I'm on a, in a place where I weigh myself every day, almost just to show people that it's a very normal process. Mm-hmm. And last week I had a big drop. And even two years in, I say to people, even I have to remind myself that it's very, very normal to have all these fluctuations. Um, you know, even after all of this time, all of those things get to me, they get into your, you know, I'm not losing fast enough. I'm not this, I'm not that. So if you really keep track of everything, your weight, your measurements, a food journal, you can look back and say, this really, really worked for me, or this didn't. Um, mm. Another example of that is there are, you know, as many opinions on keto and as many different sort of theories and strategies <laughs> for how to do keto as there are people, right? And there's a thing I've seen in the last couple of months where people say, don't focus on fat, don't focus on fat. You know, use carbs as a limit and protein is a goal and fat is a lever. And don't drink, you know, bulletproof coffee and don't do this and don't do that. Well, I, some of that stuff sort of crept into me and I gave up my bulletproof coffees. Well, in the beginning, when I looked back at my journey and the weeks that had been really successful, eating wise, weight wise, those were always the weeks that I had had bulletproof coffee. So I worked them back into my diet and I thought, wow, this really works for me. Having an, uh, an extra hundred calories of fat in my coffee in the morning saved me from maybe 500 calories of snacking later. So of all of the advice that's out there and all of the encouragement and all of the sayings and all of the memes and all of that stuff, the biggest thing, the the, the most helpful thing that you can do for yourself is just really, really paying attention to yourself, paying attention to what works for you, 
literally noticing and logging every success and paying attention to everything that went into that success so that you can keep going. And, you know, people say, oh, it doesn't matter if it takes two years, two years are going to go by anyway. And that's true, but it doesn't make it any less hard to -hmm. think about, wow, I have two years to, you know, until I'm going to reach my goal weight. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really, uh, it's really awesome that you say that, um, you know, those things about the added fats and whether, whether I should be eating all of these fats and, and the overarching thing is that no, you should actually just be listening to your body. And the, and if you're measuring or if you're, uh, you know, weighing yourself or if you're taking measurements with a tape measure or if you're just, or if you're taking photos of yourself and you're noticing things that are changing or you've, or you're feeling things that, that is a really good indication on, on whether you're moving in the right direction or you're not. But it also is something that I find, um, uh, can be, you know, I, I only take those types of measurements once a week because I know for me that, that it's not helpful for me to do it every single day. And, and so even recording and even doing the, 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 the food stuff, it's, it's so personal and it's so great that you put an emphasis on everyone is different. And you need to find your different and you need to, I guess, find your keto really. Um, and so yeah, I really, is, I really think so. Yeah. And, and uh, things and, that worked for you. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Things that work for you, um, may not work for some other people. Is that sort of what you were trying to say? Yes. And, and some things that worked for you in the beginning may not work for you now. I have a great friend who has been tracking religiously for months and has sort of plateaued and decided to give herself a little bit of a break. She is still keto, but she has decided to only count carbs and she's giving herself 20 carbs a day because she knows that's what she needs to eat to stay in ketosis. She is not weighing herself every day, even though that's something that used to be really helpful to her. She realized that that was sort of backfiring on her all of a sudden. Mm. So she changed her approach and she's feeling really, really good. So things that, you know, work for you in the beginning may not work for you now and vice versa. Paying attention to how you feel and your progress, I think, is the most important thing versus what anybody tells you. Advice is great. Um, I learned keto literally from watching people on Instagram and following keto accounts and what they were doing in their strategies. But at the same time of the 20, 30 people that really, really got me hooked, maybe only 10 of them have the same strategy that I did, you know, that eventually mm-hmm. worked for me. So a hundred percent listening to yourself. Right. Um, I was going to say, what were some of the things that, uh, worked for you in the beginning and that may not be working for you now? And then what is working for you now that may not have worked for you in the beginning? That's that's great. So in the beginning, I couldn't weigh myself every day because I would get discouraged with the ups and downs. And I decided to weigh myself every day for a month just as an experiment. And then something about that really, really just triggered. Um, I was able to look at those as like those numbers as sort of data. And I was just, this was for an experiment and that number didn't mean anything about if I had had a good day or a bad day, or if I was, you know, doing things perfectly or not. And it became very helpful for me. So I still weigh myself every day and it really, it really is helpful. It's part of my routine now. And if I'm up, I write it down and I don't think anything of it. It's really helpful to look back and say, wow, okay, so I bounce around for about a week, maybe two weeks, and then I drop. 
And I dropped three pounds in a day. I did not lose three pounds in a day. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. three, you know, two weeks of progress showing up overnight. And then I bounce around again. And then I have another big drop. And that's the way that my body works. So that has been really, really helpful for me. Um, yeah, another a- thing that I could not do in the beginning is I couldn't do intermittent fasting or any sort of restriction on artificial sugars or keto treats or anything like that. Um, anytime I would sort of close an eating window, I automatically just felt, um, ravenous and not, and not even literal physical hunger, just really snacky and cravings. So something about just telling myself that I couldn't eat anymore really backfired on me. Well, that's not the case anymore. I am able to, I sort of, I'm able to sort of push myself and, and see what works and closing an eating window doesn't trigger the same feelings that it did in the beginning. And that might be because right now I'm really focusing on fats and the, you know, the satiety that you get from the fats um, might just be holding me over. Um, and, and I did a week of carnivore where literally all I ate was meat and animal products. I didn't even use seasonings. I used salt and pepper and that's it. So I did meat, um, dairy, like full fat, unprocessed cheese, um, sour cream. And that's it. Oh, heavy mm. cream in my coffee and butter in my coffee. Um, and that's it. And I did no artificial sweeteners. And I was afraid that that would sort of be triggering in the same way, um, where it would sort of spark some sort of like binging tendencies because I was restricting myself. And that didn't happen either. It was amazing. Um, I was really, really impressed that I seemed to have put a lot of that behind me. So yeah. And, and, and that, and those, any, any sort of restriction, time of day restriction or, um, I mean, I always stayed keto, but I would say, okay, you can't have, um, a keto treat today. All of those restrictions really backfired on me in the beginning and now they don't. So again, oh, it goes back to like really just paying attention to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's great to sort of hear that from someone who's, who's been through it and done it. Uh, and you know, those doing it any way you can at the start, I think is the most beneficial way. Like, and, and you know, a lot of, a lot of your recipes are, are recipes that were previously not keto and you've made keto versions of them. Can you, can you, exactly. uh, do you have any like favorite recipes that, that you've really, um, found helped you, um, in the, you know, the keto copycat recipe sort of realm? As sure. Well? Sure. Yeah. Um, my cream cheese Danish, I love making a, big log of the cream cheese danish and then what i do is cut it up into portions that are about two carbs a piece and i freeze it um oh, yeah. and so if i feel like having something sweet i can have something sweet and it's one thing and it doesn't snowball because it's not full of sugar and it's not triggering all of the you know insulin and everything like that but i still feel satisfied as just a normal person that wanted a piece of something sweet that could have one um, another one is that bread you were referring to, the cinnamon almond butter bread. It's just almond butter and eggs. There are a few varieties on my page, but it's just almond butter and eggs. So depending on how thin you make those slices, um, anywhere from one to two carbs and you toast it up and you sort of get the mouthfeel of like a piece of toast with butter on it. Um, <laughs> you know, because I think 
I think, I mean, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but what I miss besides certain flavors are textures. And one of them is mm-hmm. bread, you know, crunchy, that kind of thing. Um, but everything that I have ever thought to myself, wow, you know, it really sounds good right now. I mean, there is always a keto version of that food. And that's why I called myself keto copy because I was making keto copies of some of my favorites, you know, yeah, I didn't invent I that it. head dough, but. I use a lot of it and, you know, it's a keto pizza. It's a keto Danish. It's a keto cinnamon roll or, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think those, those types of recipes are, are really important for some people as well because they, they wouldn't do keto otherwise. And I think that right. if you can substitute, uh, even, even now, like substituting a craving with something that is keto friendly, um, is, is really important to be able to do because it, it no longer feels restricting. You can still do it. Um, yes. So like what you were saying before with the cream cheese Danish and the almond bread and, um, the, the cinnamon almond bread, sorry, the, the texture is, is very similar and you can get, uh, I'm interested to, to know it. Do you have uh, any preferred sweeteners that you use when you do use sweeteners? Do you use something like erythritol or stevia or, um, what sort of ones do you tend to use? So I definitely have a preference for, um, Truvia and Pure and, um, Pure is spelled E-Y-U-R-E. And I believe that they are all blends of stevia and erythritol. I don't really care for stevia. I, I, it does have a flavor to me. I know a lot of people really, really enjoy it, but I don't. I either need to do a stevia erythritol blend or just erythritol. And there are lots and lots of brands of Erythritol, um, Swerve is one. Actually, I've heard people say Swervy, but so I'm not really sure how you say it. Or you can buy a generic <laughs> brand. Um, Amazon sells giant bags. I think the Truvia, not the baking blends, because a lot of those do have some hidden sugars, but Truvia right. sweetener is sort of a, it's a Erythritol Stevia blend and it's something that you can get everywhere. So sometimes when I do say a brand name, it's Truvia because that's what I have. Um, I don't use xylitol ever because it's toxic to dogs and I have a puppy. Mm. Um, and I have used a monk fruit sweetener as well, but when I ordered it, um, I thought I was getting monk fruit. And then when it came, it was erythritol with monk fruit as the last yep. ingredient. So yep. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not really sure if I like <laughs> monk fruit or not. Um, yeah. But I don't order a lot of fancy stuff. I usually just buy what I can get locally. So Truvia, I would have to say, is my preferred sweetener. Yeah, I I, I definitely think that the erythritol and stevia glycoids blend, I think that's how you say it, I'm not really sure, um, is is the best way to go. And then, yeah, always the, the monk fruit is always mixed with erythritol. I think because, um, you know, monk fruit would, I guess, be very similar to stevia, it would just be drops because it's it's a condensed plant form, right? Um, and right. yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. And, and xylitol, a lot of people are, are, are very, um, polarized by xylitol. Um, but I, but in, in actual fact, xylitol has a GI value of 30. And so Ooh. stevia and, and erythritol are zero. And so right. uh, for me, like, it's not even a question. I'm like, why are you using xylitol? <laughs> it's not keto. <laughs> but in saying that though, I don't want to like rain on anyone's parade. And I no, think that, and I know that uh, there are certain recipes like ice creams that people love using xylitol in because it works just chemically really, really well. Yes. I just yeah. have no experience with it because 
I don't want it in my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and as you said, the uh, xylitol is very, very toxic to dogs. Um, yeah. So definitely if you have pets, keep xylitol away from any. Far, any far away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, th- throughout your journey, um, what does it look like now to, uh, to, you know, cause you've done the, the carnival experiment, uh, just recently. What did you find about carnivore that you didn't find in keto? And then have you come back to keto uh, with a, a, a fresh perspective on, on anything is because a lot of people want to try carnivore, but they don't really, um, they don't really know how to or, or why if they want to and if it's going to work for them. What did you find sure. during that experiment? Sure. Um, <clears throat> before I forget, cause I'm super forgetful, I just wanted to mention one thing about the keto treats that you, that you had, that you had touched on before. I would say that the number one message I get, I got, I get a ton of lovely, lovely messages. A lot of people say you make keto doable. Your recipes have made it, have made me able to stay on keto because I was feeling so, I was feeling so deprived. And there are a lot of people who out there, again, a thousand ways to do keto that are very like purists and they say, don't use any artificial sweeteners. Don't use sugar alcohols. Don't use anything. Just, you know, completely, 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 um, restrict, like get all of those out of your diet and you will never crave them. And you know what? Part of that's true. As soon as you get all of that out of your system, I did my, my sugar cravings went way down, but they didn't disappear. And every once in a while, I think it's very human. You want a treat. And if having a treat every once in a while makes it makes it possible for you to stay keto, don't let anybody make you feel bad about that. <laughs> yeah, because, I totally agree with that. Okay. And I just have to say that because honestly, for every opinion out there, there's someone sort of, I know they say keto police, but it's true. People, <laughs> yeah. people think, I mean, about everything in life, but people think that the way that works for them is the way that works for everyone or advice that really, really resonated with them will be helpful for someone else. And that is just not always true. So I, I have to say that because that is the number one thank you that I get. And it means so much to me. And it's exactly how I feel. If I couldn't have a treat every once in a while, I'm, I might have fallen off. I might have gotten the real thing and then, you know, broken keto and then had to have another, you know, week of getting back into it. And okay. So thank you for giving me that time because I just <laughs> wanted to say. Whatever works for you. Again, always, whatever works for you. Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. So my carnivore experiment, I think I went into it really thinking that I was going to be miserable and deprived and it was going to be horrible and I was going to hate it. And the opposite happened. I, you know, would have bacon and eggs in the morning, which is not uncommon, but I wasn't putting any sweetener in my coffee. I wasn't having anything extra. I wasn't having... Like I said, I didn't even use seasonings or I just, I was just trying to have absolutely zero plants at all. Mm. And I would get through my day and I would say, wow, I really want a diet Coke right now or wow, I really want this. And it was fleeting. It was, I was very aware of things like, wow, I would have already had, you know, maybe an energy drink or I would have had a snack or whatever, but I'm not really hungry. So it made me, it gave me sort of, um, a little window into some things that were, um, some maybe, um, what do you call it? Um, not really conscious eating, like, un- yeah, like unconscious eating or snacking or when you, when you are so deliberate with your diet, when you're doing carnivore, 
all of those little things just sort of creep up like, wow, I might have had two Diet Cokes by now or wow, I would have had a mm-hmm. handful of nuts by now. So that was really helpful because I thought, wow, it was like a good reset for my habits. How much of what I eat is really, really mindful and how much is just sort of like eating things that sound good in the moment. Mm-hmm. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, sorry. So that was really amazing. It was sort of like all of a sudden I was really like hyper aware of all of these things that had maybe become bad habits. And then also, um, but again, not, not triggering, just like, huh, interesting. And I took a lot of notes and I did a live um, before I started and I did a live when I ended. Um, it was a really, really positive sort of challenge. Like, wow, I can do this. You know, Meg talks about bacon, Meg's talks about involuntary hardships and doing hard things. And I, I sort of challenged myself and I was very proud of myself that I could stick to it for a week. And then I went, I went right back to regular keto because I enjoy the flexibility and the variety. And it also really, really makes you realize how not restrictive keto is. You, when you, you, you know, when you restrict your diet all the way down to only plant, or sorry, only animals, so only meat and dairy product, you realize that keto is not restrictive at all. And there is always a keto sub. And if something sounded good to me at three or four, I could have it, you know? So that was really, really great. Um, I would say that every once in a while, I will absolutely do carnivore again if I think that, um, my snacking, my unconscious eating, um, anything like that um, gets a little bit out of control or I just feel like I need to kind of clamp down a little bit on myself. I will do carnivore if I have a really long stall. Um, I always say this, that all stalls break and it's very, very true, but it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating. So if I get into a two, three week stall, I might do a week of carnivore to sort of reset myself because I did lose a lot of weight that that week and it didn't really come back on. Um, but it was a good week weight loss wise. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, um, so, so for, you, you know, mentioned, oh, sorry. No, you know, you, um, you, you mentioned, uh, to, uh, bacon and Meg's just before. So, uh, for anyone who's listening, uh, go back and listen to episode 12 of the fat yes. weight loss show. Cause, uh, that was a really, really awesome interview with, with her and, um, and she has some great insight on, as you were saying, voluntary hardship and, and she's been through a similar journey as well. Um, and, and what you were saying about the, the weight loss stalls, like I was talking to Chris, uh, the ketologist in last week's episode, I believe. And he was talking about how just changing what you're doing right now, um, and, and changing it to something else can often help you break through those stalls. So whether you've been eating a really high fat, um, moderate protein style um, ketogenic diet, and then switching that to a a, a higher protein, uh, you know, m- lower fat may help break through those those um, plateaus, I guess. And that's kind of what the diet is. It's like you know the very high protein and and moderate fats, um, but then you can sort of switch in, in and out in between. Uh, and it sounds like you know you can use it as a tool, I guess, to to break through those plateaus. Is that sort of what you found as well? Yes, absolutely. I, I, and I get a lot of questions about that too. My number one <laughs> advice with stalls is don't worry about it. All stalls break. But if you are frustrated and feel like you want to take action, what works for me 
is dropping the carbs lower than 20. So dropping them down to maybe five to 10 and increasing my fats Mm. because, you know, I think things creep in, you know, don't drink your calories. Don't worry about getting your fats in all the (laughs) advice that might work for some people might not work for you. Every time I do that, it really does work. And it, my stall breaks. So at the, at the, you know, the tail end of the podcast, I, I really love answering a whole bunch of, uh, short questions that generally aren't that short, really. Um, but it's really good to get a little bit of an insight on, on what you do on a daily basis and, and sort of some of your favorite foods and things like that. So, so first of all, what is your favorite keto food? So I have to say eggs are so versatile. I really, really enjoy having an omelet in the morning with some sort of meat, either bacon or sausage. Um, the last few days, for some reason, I just haven't been hungry. So I haven't been eating breakfast. I have been either doing OMAD or um, two meals. But when I do wake up and want to eat breakfast foods, I mean, you just can't go wrong with breakfast foods. <laughs> yeah. Bacon and eggs, omelets, that kind of thing. Yep, I totally agree. There's so many people out there who'd really just despise eggs. Um, I know, they, it's so heart- heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love eggs. I, 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 I think I buy 24 eggs a week and <laughs> just go so through them bad. like crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. and so in contrast to that, what is your least favorite food? Keto food. You know, oh, uh, there are a lot of things that people like pork rinds. I never liked pork rinds until I found um, a couple of companies that make just these genius pork rinds. But there's, um, yeah, like that. Never, I never got it. I never got it. I always <laughs> thought it was kind of grody. Um, yeah. Did, did do you like the crackling on actual pork? Like, because I I I generally don't, and I don't like no. pork crackling that much either. The like the little snack things. Is it, uh, I guess maybe they've got something in, in common. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I can't. I got maybe two bags that had hair and super crunchy bits, and I Ooh. just went on like a 10-year strike. But <laughs> I have found some very high-quality pork rinds that I've been cooking with. What I like else? The I feel like they're, yeah. Oh, fat bombs with coconut oil. Um, Even though I am a proponent of of you know, incorporating the high fats. I definitely think that the fat bombs are, I mean, it's a very personal choice. If you like a fat bomb, great. I think people are like, I I can't eat fat bombs. I can't do keto. And I just think, no, that doesn't, you know, don't worry about mm. that. Yeah. Um, You know, if it doesn't taste good to you, don't eat it. <laughs> um, Gosh, you know what? I literally in my life have liked every single food that I have tried. I am a good eater. I have always been a good eater. I am not that picky of a person. The only food, thank goodness, that I don't like is cotton candy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I can't even tell you like a mega keto thing that I don't enjoy because I just really like food. Uh, yeah. Well, I think most people listening to this podcast probably like food too. So I think we're in the, (laughs) in a safe place, safe place here. Safe safe place. Uh, yeah. Do you, uh, now, I'm not sure whether you incorporate uh, any types of exercise into your daily regime, but if you do, what is your favorite style of exercise or ex or you know workout or anything that really works for you? So I do. I started working out again this summer, and um, I would say that I am. Oh, it sounds horrible, but to say I'm a natural athlete. Um, when I was growing up. 
I was involved in every sport imaginable and I loved it. I love being active. I love feeling strong. So I really like rowing. I really like, oh, yeah. um, arc trainer, like high intensity interval training. So it kind of feels like I'm running, but I'm not really running. I love spinning. I used to do like 70 mile bike rides in my prime. Um, I just really like, um, and strength training, even though I'm just sort of barely kind of getting back into strength training. But when I was younger, um, and a really, you know, high level athlete, we had, uh, mandatory strength training sessions. And I remember feeling like a beast, like it felt so good to be so strong. And so I'd like <laughs> yeah. to get back there. Um, but I take long walks with my dog and I did that, you know, until from February when I got him until the summer and, and continued to lose. So. Um, I talk about exercise in terms of it being really, really good for you for a thousand reasons, but mm. that you shouldn't be working out just to chase a number of like to burn a certain amount of calories because, um, at least for me, that mindset doesn't really work. Um, but mm. I really, really enjoy, I really enjoy being active and, um, going to the gym and, um, going for a super long bike ride. I like all that stuff. So to me, it doesn't feel like work. Um, there, I know there are a lot of people that just absolutely can't stand it. And my advice is you don't have to do what, just like food, you don't have to do what works for other people. Find an activity that you enjoy, even walking. I remember there's a study that says three 10 minute walks every day is just as good for you as a 30 minute walk. Mm. Yep. Um, you know, it's yep. cumulative. So just moving your body, just do whatever feels good to you. And I would never look at exercise in terms of earning food or earning calories or burning calories, like trying to chase that number, like exercise for weight loss. I think it's important for thousands of other reasons. And obviously it's helpful in weight loss because you are burning calories, but I don't think that should be people's, um, well, I, that does not work for me in terms of a goal for exercise. I'll say it. I'll say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, de I definitely agree. You know, um, and I, I think, uh, one of the things that really was an eye opening thing for me was that, uh, I used to cycle a lot as well. Um, and I, I guess I still do not so much anymore, but, um, I, I would get off the bike and uh, I, I got a Fitbit, <laughs> um, of, yes. uh, and you know, something that sort of tracks your steps. And trying to get 10,000 steps in a day. Cause I realized that, you know, I'd go on these big long bike rides and come back. And I was like, I'm, not, I'm just not walking. I would, I would literally get off the bike and go, well, that's my exercise done for the day and just be a slob for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it done. Check. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I recently got a, a Garmin watch. And so it sort of tells you to get up every now and then. So if you've been, you've been stationary for a long time. And then it just tells oh, you to move. Um, so that, that was something that worked for me. And, uh, you know, that may not work for some people. And, you know, it's, it, maybe someone's listening to this and being like, uh, already tried the Fitbit thing. <laughs> I right, just looked right. at it when it buzzed at me and said, nope. <laughs> nope. Screw yeah. your Fitbit. Uh, is, is, there, is there anything that you, uh, you know, in contrast to an exercise that really works for you? What is something, uh, do you don't, do you, uh, is there an exercise that really doesn't work for you? Um, or something that you really despise doing? Yes, that's easy. Running. I hate running. I'm not a runner. I was not put together to run. I was put together to haul large rocks up a mountain. I'm just built. I have really wide hips, really wide shoulders. Um, somebody, I mean, I weigh 185 right now, but I'm also sort of the smallest I've ever been. So I think that I'm, I have sort of a muscular frame. Mm. 
uh, uh, something about running, every step I take just makes me feel like this is not what I was built for. This feels wrong. I feel like I'm going to come apart. Like Forrest Gump running and having his braces fall off. Like, I feel like that's going to happen to my whole body. I hate running. And you know what? That's okay. Mm, Yeah. It it is a common answer for a lot of people. And I, and I just don't think running is for everyone. Um, but you know, that that, there's plenty of runners out there who, who are doing it really well, but, but yeah, it's just, it's not for everyone. I totally agree. Um, and so my best friend uh, is a runner and she has a good, if she has a run, she has a good day. If she can't run, she has a bad day. And I'm like, I will cheer for you at the end (laughs) in my regular clothes, not running, but I will cheer for you. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll be there on the finish line. So Correct. hurry up and get there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, is there, uh, outside of prescription medications, are you taking anything that is, uh, either helping you with a ketogenic diet or, you know, something like electrolytes or magnesium? Do you take anything outside of prescription medication that, that you find helps? So, um, I actually have never really dabbled in the electrolytes because I didn't have, you know, um, keto flu and I know that there's, <laughs> Um, I salt my food. I like salty food and I, I just feel like I've never had any of the cramping or keto flu or headaches or all of the things that that's really supposed to help with. Um, I take D3 at night because I live in a colder climate and my doctor mm. told me to. Um, and I have also been incorporating, um, a, I, I've tried a few MCT oil powders and I just really don't care for them. I, I haven't found one that completely dissolves and a tablespoon of unsalted Kerrygold to me is like the best thing in my coffee ever. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not into that because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just haven't really found one that I liked, but I have yeah. been incorporating um, collagen peptides into my coffee in the morning. Mm. And I have noticed because I did lose weight or I'm sorry, I did lose hair. Um, when I lost weight, my hair thinned out. And from everything I've read, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the keto diet. It, it's just a thing that happens in weight loss in general. Um, very, very common thing that happens in weight loss in general. So, um, after incorporating that, it's been about two months. My hair is feeling a little bit thicker and my nails are definitely getting stronger. Um, my skin is good, but you know, my skin has been good since the that first month of keto, I always had chronically dry skin and now it doesn't. So as far, I mean, exogenous ketones, no, I know a lot of people that, you know, use them and like them. I don't, um, actually I, I, someone sent me a sample sample and I think I even got a little jittery. So, uh, those don't jive with me, which is fine. Yeah. But no, there's a lot of things that you're like that. Yeah, I, I have the same. Oh, well, so I don't, I generally don't take exogenous ketones. Um, but, but I have this thing in my brain and I was thinking about this, uh, a few weeks ago. I was like, if you're on a high carb diet and you're trying to lose weight, you wouldn't use sugar as a weight loss aid, would you? And, and, and then like, if you're on a high fat diet and you're using ketones as a weight loss aid, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me, but. Uh, you yes. know, I'm sure it, it works for a lot of people. And, and I guess it, it, it's very important for, uh, like extreme athletes to be able to use them, but for weight loss, like, nah, <laughs> no way. No, it's, it's sort of a byproduct of all of these things happening in your body. So if you're taking them like as a supplement, I think that you're, you're, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. That being said, <laughs> I, I do know people that take them in the morning. They love them. 
But exactly what you said, you wouldn't supplement, you know, a high carb diet with more carbs. And, and, you know, if you have a, a good, like I have a ketone meter, if I have a good reading, I know that it's because I was breaking down a lot of fats using fat for fuel. If I had a high reading and I was taking ketones, I mean, am I even really like in, you know, in ketosis? I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's sort of crazy a lot. Yes. I mean, people probably have a great answer for that, but to me, no, I don't, I don't do a lot of the things that are sort of air quote keto supplements. Right, right. And so, um, uh, recently, have you watched any videos or uh, are there any books that you've recently read that have inspired you? I don't. I am one of those people that owns zero cookbooks. I, I, I have gone really, really learned just watching people and their experiences. Um, I don't have any. I mean, I did read um, Brain Brain a long time ago, Wheat Belly, oh, yeah. that kind of thing, um, but. Again, a lot of my experience with um, trying low-carb diets in the past, they, it, nothing really clicked with me. Just eliminating carbohydrates wasn't enough for me. Um, I really, really benefited from the keto approach, high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carbohydrate. So since I found it, I sort of feel like I have found it, and I haven't done any more searching. I haven't read any books. Um I haven't bought any cookbooks. People always say, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this recipe? And I always say no, because the fun for me is to come up with it myself. I yeah. really, really enjoy tinkering in the kitchen. So it's not just about having a keto brownie. It's about coming up with a keto brownie. Mm. Um, so I don't. I don't really have cookbooks. I'm kind of lame in that department. <laughs> no, I think I, I really enjoy that process too. Um, And I have recently done some like, some big old testing, uh, of, of some of the, the bigger recipes on my website. Um, and just, you know, uh, cause you get a lot of feedback from recipes when other people make them. So you can make them and they come out perfect or they come out, you know, right. a particular way. And then someone else uses a slightly different ingredient and they say, Oh, it didn't work for me. And then I went back and I was like, okay, why are these, uh, for instance, you know, a lot of people were saying that the chocolate chip cookies of mine weren't flattening out. And I was like, right. Okay. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> what is right. it that's making these things not flatten out? And that process, um, I just did a video on that process and, um, it's really rewarding to go, uh, you, you actually find other ingredients that can be, uh, just as suitable or work just as well. Um, and if you can make like really, really conscious decisions when someone says, Oh, can I use coconut flour? And you go, uh, no, <laughs> because it doesn't no. flatten out. <laughs> um, yeah, and, my favorite uh, you know, feedback is like, I changed A, B, C, D, and E, and it didn't turn out. Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. and it's tough. Different. Like, yeah, that, that's right. Or a different process. Um, and uh, and I, I was a musician for a long time, um, so I really love hearing people's music choices. Now, I'm not sure whether you uh, listen to music all that often, or if you have any classics that you go back to. But um, do you have any uh, musicians that you a follow or is there any playlists or anything that, that really inspires you? Um, I don't, I really, I really like all music. I was a uh, musician. I was a cellist. So oh, I've awesome. got, you know, some Holtz planets in there usually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have a favorite genre. I listen to a lot of like popular stuff and then the worst garbagiest like dirty rap pop song is really really gets me through the workouts but it's not something i'd play in the car with my windows down right right yeah does that you make any sense yeah no 
<laughs> no, they, that's that's uh, I, 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 yeah. I think popular music gets a bad rap from a lot of people as well, and they say, oh, you know, pop music's just you know pop music. There's no substance to it, and you're like, right. no, 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 no. That is the hardest music to make ever because absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's and it's it, called pop because it's popular because a lot of people like it. Exactly, like it's incredibly intricate, and um, and yeah, it's just it when when someone says, oh, you know. I, I like pop music, but it's not really that good music. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't oh, understand. Don't it's possibly understand. the best music. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I usually ask uh, a big question to, to end the podcast. Um, and so for some food bloggers that may be explaining a recipe in, in tantalizing detail or, um, you know, maybe just a, a big number one tip. But I think for you, uh, you know, there's a lot of recipes on your Instagram page. So if people can go over and follow you there and we'll get to that just in a second. But what is your number one tip for someone who is looking to lose or knows they need to lose a hundred pounds? Um, what is your number one tip for that person? Um, and to, and to help them sort of achieve that goal as well. Sure. So my absolute number one tip is not to be intimidated by the 400,000 different opinions that are out there. If you have tried everything. So I'll, I'll talk to myself. Um, I'll, you know, advice that I wish I'd really, really had in the beginning. Mm. Um, I had tried to lose weight a hundred thousand times. I had, you know, lost the same 30 pounds a hundred times and put it back on plus some. Um, my very, very first, uh, biggest piece of advice is you don't have to have all the answers to start when mm. you are just starting something you're really motivated and at least with me i think the number one thing that you need to do if you are trying to get into ketosis for weight loss is get your carbs your net carbs under 20 everything else all of the other strategies you know one meal a day lazy keto um intermittent fasting that is all something that might absolutely be helpful to you in the future. But if you are just starting, that is all you need to do for the first few days. Don't worry about your macros. Don't worry about getting everything just right. Read every single label that you, you know, anything that you buy that you are going to eat, read everything. I say read, 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 read the ingredients, read the carb count, and then also read the servings because it's really easy to eat a bag of something that's like a two-carb serving and then you realize that there are eight servings in that bag. Mm, you know, well, yeah. there's your whole day of carbs. And then, you yeah. know, find people that really inspire you. I mean, that's what got me going. And I've had the fortune to become friends with some of those people and exchange messages. And I've been able to thank them. But Find people that really resonate with you, that keep you motivated and check in with them and, you know, reach out to them and learn as you go. You don't need to know everything in the beginning. I think everybody always has sort of like 30 days in them. So if you give it 30 days, you're going to know a lot more on day 30 than you did on day one. You know, every day watch a YouTube video, find someone that really, you know, speaks to you. Listen to a podcast, read an article. Um, find people online. I know I don't really do Facebook, but there's Facebook groups. I think our Instagram community is amazing. Um, mm. but you don't have to have it all figured out to start. Just start, give it 30 days and you'll know, I think by 30 days, whether or not it's for you. Yeah. And I think it, it is important to give it 30 days because, 
Um, if you give it three days and, 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 you know, you come up against the keto flu and you go, well, that's nah, not for me. Um, you know, making sure that you, and I guess, you know, obviously check with your doctor as well to make sure that this diet is going to work for you. But yeah, yes. that's, that's great advice. I really, I really think that, uh, so many people can benefit from just starting and not saying, oh, I'll start on Monday or I'll start yes. next week when I get all of the things ready. And it's like, no, just start now. It's really easy. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it's something that will, will really benefit you and, and work it out along the way. That's, that is fantastic. So, so where can people find you? Uh, where can people get in contact with you and ask you more about what you're doing? Sure. So, um, I am keto copy on Instagram. It's K-E-T-O dot C-O-P-Y. And, um, I respond to every message that I get, maybe not the same day, but I do. And there's an, also an email link on there. I don't have a blog. I don't have a podcast. I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I'm just on Instagram right now. I am talking to a friend about doing a podcast, which we think would be pretty fun, but, um, and she has lost 170 pounds. So, wow. um, she obviously knows what she's talking about. Um, but yeah, Instagram, um, and, you know, I talk to people, people give me ideas. You know, people say, you know, what am I doing wrong? And that gave me the, uh, you know, I, I gained two pounds. I lost two pounds. I gained two pounds. What am I doing wrong? That gave me the idea to do that way every day experiment. Um, people have asked me all the time, what do I do? Like, how do you do this? How do you do carnivore? And that gave me the idea. Well, I'm going to give it a shot so that I can actually have answers for people when they, when they ask me questions about carnivore. Now I have a week to, you know, refer to. So I actually really like it when people message me and ask me questions. Oh, that's cool. Will, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there must be a bit no, of a No, it's delay. fine. I will always write you back. I always say this. I, it, it might take me a day or two, but I will always write you back. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate all of your expertise and knowledge in, in, uh, you know, the journey that you've been through and, uh, and just helping people out. I think it's really important to support the community around you. Um, because the community around you is, is, uh, quite possibly, you know, the, the people who will get you there when, when the going gets tough as well. So thank Absolutely, you so much for 100%. being on the podcast. I thank really, you. really Thanks appreciate so much your for time. having me. <laughs> no problem. It was fun. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks, Emily. Okay, thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.